You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 96 of Aging Starts Now. I'm Barbara McGinnis, Certified Elder Law Attorney and Partner at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Joining me today is fellow partner and Certified Elder Law Attorney, Tim Takis. Today, we are sharing some cautionary tales about Medicaid-friendly annuities. Well, Tim, I think we need to start with just explaining real simply what is an annuity. Well, an annuity is basically a contract, an insurance contract that's issued by a financial institution or a life insurance company or whatever that uh, it's an investment that people put money in and then they expect in the future to get a stream of payments uh, for like say a specified period of time or or for the remainder of their lifetime. I mean, that's just sort of it in a nutshell. I mean, it's a very complex product actually. it certainly can be complicated in terms of how the contract's written, but the concept is not too difficult to grasp that um, usually, well, I won't say usually, I'll say most frequent annuity product that I'm used to working with is, of course, the Medicaid-friendly annuity or the Medicaid-compliant annuity Um And it is a lump sum or a single premium payment to an insurance company that holds that money, but holds it very briefly because the whole idea of the Medicaid annuity is that it returns an immediate income stream to uh, the owner. But that's not the product that... um, that is usually used for financial investments for older people that like the security of knowing that it's their annuity is not at the their investment is not at the whim of the stock market um, that there is little risk of losing their principal. That's very appealing to people that are retired and that they know what their fixed. Um, well, you can have a fixed in uh, principal. What, what's the word? Interest. You can have fixed interest annuity, or you can, or it can be variable. So that's when we start getting really complicated. But it, they have an idea of some certainty of what their income stream is going to be like in the future, and that can be appealing. Right. And of course, this this podcast is about the Medicaid friendly annuities. Right. Which is really sort of a different animal from some of these things that we've been, you just referred to. Right. Because we would recommend a married couple could consider a Medicaid-friendly annuity. It's not something you would enter into unless you absolutely needed to, meaning one spouse is going to be in a nursing home and we're contemplating 10 care benefits because we anticipate high cost over a long period of time, which is going to make the downside of the annuity 
maybe something worthwhile for a couple to consider. Right. Because in those cases, you're either going to, you have a married couple and, and the idea is that you want an income stream for the spouse who is not in the nursing home. And you want uh, to make sure that the spouse who is in the nursing home has sufficient money to take care of himself or herself, you know, and hopefully that cost will be, I guess, in a way shared with the uh, Medicaid program. I guess it's, I guess, a way to put it. So Medicaid friendly annuity means that friendly is such an odd word to use here. It, it's, it's just compliant, um, uh, compliant with the Medicaid rules. The annuity contract itself has to be irrevocable, mm-hmm. which includes non-transferable and non-assignable. I mean, you can't give the annuity to someone else once it's set up. You can't change your mind, uh, which is is not something that should be considered lightly. That that's pretty significant for the term of the annuity. Mm-hmm. Once you sign up for it, you cannot change it. You are in. It is irrevocable, non-transferable, non-assignable. Also, the state is the the state of Tennessee, and in our case is the first remainder beneficiary. That's part of being compliant. What does that mean? I don't understand It means if the owner uh, annuitant were to pass away before the term of the contract expired, the debt for the institutional spouse, the person receiving 10 care benefits, would be uh, returned to the state by the remaining premiums of the uh, annuity. That didn't clear it up at all, did it? Well, I'm just thinking is, okay, so Mary Jones buys, she's the owner of an annuitant, and she buys an annuity for, say, $100,000 because she wants to make sure she has an income stream while while her husband, uh, Richard, is being taken care of in the nursing home. But Mary dies first. If there's still annuity money there, Mm -hmm. it actually just stops paying and the annuity company holds on to it until Richard passes away. And then we have to see what kind of debt is owed to TenCare and it's paid out of the remaining annuity. Yeah. And that's really the kind, those are really sort of annuities, which are kind of like uh, odd ducks in some way. I mean, they're not what we we would think of, you know, an investor or a financial person would not think of those as a traditional annuity Agreed. for a very specific purpose. They do. And it, and it's, you know, they're not going to be high interest uh, returns on the annuity money invested in itself. The real rate of return is, it is for the couple to gain that Medicaid eligibility for the the institutionalized spouse. So that's what they're saving each month becomes their rate of return. Right. Um, So other things that make it Medicaid compliant, the annuitant owner, like Mary, in your example, the terms of the annuity have to be paid out during her actuarial life expectancy. So we go to that generic social security table, look up how old, you know, how old is Mary? How many years does Social Security say uh, a woman of her age is expected to live? And the annuity has to pay 
out to her in a period of time shorter than that. Right. So I've so Mar- so Barb, I've got a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm Mary Jones, and I maybe I'm eighty years old, and I of course my life expectancy is probably going to be at least ten years, right? Oh, that would be nice. We can say what Social Security thinks. It's been a long time since Social Security has updated their tables. Mm-hmm. But if I do, let's say I'm Mary Jones and I want I want to put a hundred thousand dollars in an annuity. Now, do I have? Can I take it all out in six months? Can I put it in? And is there like a pig rule here? Uh, there is a pig rule, and actually, you were really close, Tim. It is nine point eight three years. That's right at 10, 10 years. That mm-hmm. would be the actuarial life expectancy for, for Mary. And so it has to pay out in an amount of time shorter than that. But we generally think that um, it needs to pay at least over three years. Okay. And I pick three years because there was, it, it was not in the state of Tennessee, but there was a state case. Was it in Pennsylvania? I'm not sure that it matters other than it wasn't in Tennessee, but that a person would they a couple were, was denied for benefits because it paid out in too short of a period of time that it did not seem like a bona fide strategy or um, a bona fide investment tool and the state denied that family. So there are not only rules about the way the annuity has the terms of the annuity, but there's rules about when the annuity is funded. So people need to be very, very careful about buying an annuity product from someone that is telling them that it is going to qualify them for any type of government benefits. In the past, uh, they were frequently sold to create eligibility for Veterans Administration benefits. That does not really apply any longer. In fact, it expressly does not apply to, to veterans' benefits. Um, so people need to be very careful about getting involved in a Medicaid-friendly annuity and make sure that the person that is trying to, we don't sell those products, but we do sometimes advise folks to buy them that they know it's really going to financially pay off for them, or at least that it makes sense. Right. Because you could, you could think of some occasions where Mary Jones goes, well, my husband is in the nursing home and I'm paying, he's, we're paying 8000 or $9,000 a month for the nursing home. Now, sometimes we may have to ask Mary to have an, maybe a, have an honest conversation with her about how long do you think your husband is going to live? You may not want, maybe you, maybe it's, I guess it's a numbers thing where if she says, well, I don't know that he'll last for three months, she may not want to put all that money into an annuity to qualify. Absolutely, absolutely right. And, and I would, you know, if, if I had a client in front of me, and I'm sure you too, that was saying, I don't think my husband, my, my loved one in the nursing home is going to live three or four months. I'd say then we need to sit tight, pay for care, and reevaluate in three to four months and see where right. we are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because this is a, 
a big step of converting liquid money or or even retirement money into an annuity that is not going to gain them a lot uh, financially if that person in the nursing home were, were to die suddenly. We can't always predict the future and well, we rarely predict the future, but sometimes I've heard families say both things, depending on what you're asking them. No, they don't think they're going to live three months, but then, oh, what if he lives five years? You know, I don't want to miss the opportunity. Right. So when you say miss the opportunity, do you have to put this in place before you apply for benefits or how does that work? Can you come in later? I'm, I, I guess you could maybe wait out the six months or three months and then decide later to buy. Is, right. that, is that an option? Mm-hmm. It, it is because if we're talking about institutionalized 10 care, mm-hmm. the annuity uh, is purchased after admission, but before uh, application. application. Right. Mm-hmm. So can you think of tales have we, have we had encountered families that maybe have been harmed by buying annuities? I don't know that we have. Um, you know, I'm just because I've been thinking about this, you know, since we started and, you know, having this talking about this topic. Um, not that anybody that certainly not that anybody that we've recommended annuity to. Um, you know, obviously, we have to use the best information that we have you know, based, based upon all, you know, the information, you know, like, like life expectancy, client preferences, you know, the amount of money that is otherwise available, uh, the, the, the income status of the spouses, you know, all of that sort of factors in, but I can't think of a case where we really have, um, where we've, we've, we've guessed wrong, or at least that we feel like we, a mistake was made. I had a client who came in with an annuity and this was exactly the scenario you were talking about where the community spouse, the person that was the annuitant owner, recipient of the income stream, uh, died first and they were sitting on a million dollar annuity. And I was thinking how... Yes, it, it, it works in terms of 10 care was received for the institutional spouse, but that money's tied up and it's just sitting there now mm-hmm. and that perhaps some more creative planning could have happened to have made money yeah. more flexible for that right. family to, mm-hmm. to care for the survivor. So basically, it's just sitting there for ten care to claim against when the ten care recipient passes away. Right. You know. So in some cases, like we were talking about, is you know, if you've got if you're sitting on six or seven, eight million dollars, you know, you might go, why do we need an annuity? Well, exactly. And again, this was somebody that came yeah. to us with that in place already. We we did not recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't mean to imply that TenCare will receive all of that annuity, that TenCare can only be made whole, so right. meaning they can recoup their debt, but that there should be 
or would be a contingent beneficiary to receive any remaining funds in the annuity. Right. So that might be children or other family members or whatever. So, so after right. both spouses have passed, you know, it will go, it will go to the way that they presumably the way the couple wants it to go. Yes. All right. Other, oh, well, there's lots of other st- strategies for Medicaid spend down. Uh, which is really all we're talking about, but it's sort of beyond what we can get done in a, in a podcast. Maybe we'll pick that up some other time, talking right. about some uh, right. compliance strategies for married couples. I think folks would like to hear that. Okay. I think so. Well, Tim, wrap us up. I says, I think that's it for today. So thank you all for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 